Welcome to Central Queensland Region's Leading and Learning Podcast. These are informal conversations between leaders about educational issues and initiatives. We share them to inspire and inform you so that you may have a greater influence through your instructional leadership. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land across central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators listening. I recognise the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm an Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton. In this first episode for 2021, I am delighted to be talking with Kim Fredericks, our Regional Director. Welcome to the episode, Kim. Thanks, Trudy. It's great to be back. And uh, in our usual style, a one-word barometer check-in. In our conversation starter, Kim, what would be your one word for the year and why did you choose it? Uh, thanks, Trudy. Look, I had a lot of trouble, actually, picking a word because I had many words, but I came up with wistful I thought it's an unusual word that probably not a, not a lot of people use or hear in this day and age. But I chose wistful because I was reflecting on where I am currently professionally and where I am uh, personally and uh, looking forward into uh, 2021. I'm wistful, thinking about, you know, what what's ahead, uh, what's ahead for all of us in education as well as what's ahead for me personally as well. Yeah, great word. Mm. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and, and the mm. episodes that we're going to do together. Um, my word, I'm going with gratitude. Yes. I uh, read again over the break The Resilience Project by Hugh Van Seilenberg. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you've read his book. No, I haven't. Teacher from Melbourne, and it is a great read. Um, shout out to... Rebecca Godfrey at Blackwater High who recommended it to me. Hugh's work with the Resilience Project really emphasises gratitude, empathy and mindfulness and Mm -hmm. for me gratitude right now it's just so important about being grateful for what I have in my life but also what we have Mm. in Queensland and in Australia so Mm. going to try and hold on to that um, for 2021. So Kim we're actually going to do two episodes together so This first episode is really to set the scene, the start of a new school year. I'd love to talk with you about the strategic direction for Central Queensland Region in this episode. And then the next episode, we're going to get together again and have a conversation around um, Mm. your career and leadership. And because as I'm sure everyone across Central Queensland now knows, you are going on leave and Mm -hmm. then retiring yes. so um, you might be the first person in um, the department to actually have your own podcast episode on retirement <laughs> and to yes. reflect back on your career yes. so um, I'm going to look forward to that conversation mm. so let's set the scene for all our school leaders and people who listen in to the leading and learning podcast around what the work is in central Queensland region going forward yeah, thanks um, very much, Trudy. It's and it's a pleasure to be having this conversation again. And I think anyone listening who's 
heard me uh, talk at the principals conference last year or on the podcast perhaps earlier last year too will um, take heart in the fact that I'm probably not going to be saying anything terribly new in that one of the things that we we are doing as a department and certainly as a region is holding the course rather than saying okay let's take that next shiny bauble off the Christmas tree and you know start on on something new so I want to uh, I guess start by reminding everyone that in CQ we are going to continue to ace it uh, so we want a great start for all children and so we're working obviously there in the early childhood space into uh, the early years of school and we want capable and responsive service from everyone whether they're in a school whether they're in a region uh, as in an office um, we want that level of service to come through and finally our E we want um, every student uh, succeeding and I think this afternoon that's where I'm going to spend the most focus not to say that um, the A and the C aren't equally important but if we talk if we unpack every student succeeding in depth if we don't have a great start for every child right we're not going to have every student succeeding in the first instance secondly and obviously we, we want to constantly be uh, developing people's capability because we're always on about improvement and you know I'd, I'd probably put the caveat over ace and say it's about our journey of improvement what do we need to do um, to continue to improve in central Queensland and that's about all of us accepting you know what are the conversations what are the capabilities that we need to build in order to sustain that improvement mm. So you were wanting to focus in on the E, which is every student succeeding. Yes. Yeah. So let's dig into that one. So yeah. um, unpack that for us, Kim. I will. So um, in, in terms of every student succeeding and having a look at it in a bit more depth, I want to start by referring back to an email that was sent to all uh, principals on the 19th of November last year. 309 if anyone wants to go approximately if anyone wants to go through their yeah. emails to find it and we'll put it in the link so I imagine yeah we absolutely will uh, it, it was about uh, a challenging year that we had in 2020 and acknowledging that but looking at how we take uh, some of the lessons from that and look at well what's the work that we're going to be doing in 2021 and it, it acknowledged that we really needed to uh, look at the workload that principals and teachers in schools have and say to all say to ourselves I guess what do we need to do in order to make sure that we allocate the time we have in schools to the right work so I suppose it doesn't actually from memory mention precision but that's what we're talking about you know the right work at the right time and so in terms of um, every student succeeding and this fits beautifully into the work that we've done for quite a number of years now around making sure that we were ready to hit the ground running in 2021 with the Australian curriculum all set ready to go and so if you look back at this uh, particular email that I'm referring to it's about how do we allocate the time to the things that matter in that agenda and rather than going through them all in great depth 
Trudy, what I'm talking about is making sure we're implementing our uh, P12 calf. Once again, I link back to a great start, you know, the Queensland Kindergarten Learning Guidelines, transition, kid, you know, children attending kindy and so forth, all of those foundation blocks, if you like, uh, to get good teaching happening from the beginning of prep into the Australian curriculum. So the implementation of the CARF, assessment, purposeful, meaningful assessment, task-based formative assessment and summative assessment, a range of techniques aligned to the achievement standards. Uh, planning, need I say it, the three levels of planning and how that looks in each school. Moderation, and I, I say moderation uh, over and over again, as you know, Trudy, in our uh, educational leadership team here in the office, it's about how do we have people intentionally collaborating around um, moderation so that we're not building uh, uh, building skills and capability one school at a time, but we can do a lot of this work collectively. So we, we want every school to be involved in moderation outside their skill gate. And then finally, reporting and um, making sure that reporting reflects the needs of the school community, uh, but at the same time, we're reporting back against uh, our achievement standards and we have a couple of opportunities each year to do that. So in a nutshell, they're the things that, you know, every principal or middle leader listening, you know, can then ask themselves the question, well, is my work focused on those things? And if it's tick, 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 well, then we know that we're definitely on the right track. If it's not, well, you know, that's that's okay. But what do we need to do to realign ourselves, to get that alignment with uh, what is the right work? Yeah, and sometimes as a leader too, Kim, it's acknowledging that you may not be expert in those particular areas and that mm. actually is a priority for your own professional learning. So you become a co-learner as yes. we co-labour to do the work with yes. our teams and you know leadership team and teaching teams and the regional team to help with the uh, school improvement yeah. journey. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and as you were talking through that list from Peter Kelly's email, I'm, I'm smiling because it's work that the ARDs have focused on for a number of years. But I think Correct. we now want to really talk about every student succeeding and that place now well and not that it's new it's it's also been in our work over the last four years but i i feel and sense that many schools are really well positioned now to actually dig into well what do we need to do to get every student succeeding yeah absolutely absolutely and that's probably a, a lovely question uh trudy for me to segue into uh, the whole inclusion space because, um, you know, disappointingly, I, I sometimes hear commentary around, well, when's inclusion going to go away? And inclusion, I'm here to say, is, is never going to go away uh, because it's, it's a pivotal piece of work. We're on a journey as a system and definitely in this region, we're on a journey towards a more inclusive region, a more inclusive school. So every school 
you know, we have schools that are doing a brilliant job. We have schools with pockets of brilliance. Um, we have, you know, the whole range represented and we know from the research the most variability doesn't occur from school to school but from classroom to classroom within within a school so we need to continue on the journey and so out of every student succeeding I'd pull every student with disability succeeding but I'd also probably um, need to go more global than that because inclusion it's about our whole range of students um, that we have represented in each and every one of our school. You know, it, it's not something that we can delay. It's not something that we can say this is going to take forever and a day because it just can't. We need every um, student to be able to access the curriculum with their peers uh, for as much time as is possible. And we know that most schools have uh, a special education program uh, some don't, um, some of our little schools don't, but of course they might receive service from from other schools or if they don't, they've got some arrangement where they um, can cater for that within their school. And we know that a special education program is designed to provide classroom teachers with the support that they need, uh, the teachers need to um, make the necessary adjustments, to co-plan, co-labour as you said before, co-teach, uh, work with parents, case manage, do all of the things that need to be done to make sure that every student can access the curriculum. Having said that, there will be schools that identify, uh, you know, using the skill improvement hierarchy reflection tool will be able to identify that they have other co cohorts of students. Uh, for whom they need to do work. It could be Indigenous students, it could be um, uh, student refugee students, it could be a whole range of different students for whom we have to go the extra mile. Mm. And, and so, and rural and remote rural, is another yeah. group too, isn't it? Absolutely. That we've got, you know, absolutely. A, a huge part of our region. Yeah, sit there. Yep. Absolutely. So we we are going to spend a lot of time this year. Um, as in the last number of years, talking about inclusion and working with our schools um, to assist in this this area because it's not easy work. No one's going to say, least of all me, that it's easy work. Uh, but it's the moral purpose that sits under under that work. All of us can tell the stories of family members or friends or other folk in our lives who experience the need for in, in some sort of inclusive practices mm. um, to uh, give them a better quality of life. Whether it's the, you know, the doors that slide open when you go into a shopping centre to reasonable adjustments in a classroom, you know, or um, cult cultural awareness, acknowledgement of people's um, different cultures so they feel welcome and, and embraced in a school. One of the things I want to talk about is the place that policy and procedure and governance, if you like, play in all of this. And our need to perhaps reposition some folk to really understand that everything we do in, in the Department of Education, all of our business in schools, uh, is underpinned by some governance processes and in our case um, policy and procedure and we really do have to understand that these are not things that people made up, make up and 
okay, we'll all do this now. They are actually embedded in legislation and there are certain things that we have to do uh, that we cannot avoid and we cannot get around. Um, and I think, you know, part of the work this year has to be how can we really um, refine some of that, refine the understanding of it and help schools, help principals out there, those of you listening, to really understand what are the pivotal pieces of that policy and procedure that we need to know and understand. So whether it's the Human Rights Act, whether it's the Education Act, whether it's um, the inclusion policy, uh, whether it's um, some of our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander policy documents, all of which I know I've referenced in past regional updates. We, we have to understand those and we have, and I can't help but say this, we have to understand that they are mandated and we, we, we cannot get into the position of saying, well, no, that doesn't apply to us because it applies to all of us. Yeah. Kim, you make a good point, and, and you did list a um, number of policies there, and many of those we've attached to previous show yeah. notes because mm. we've done episodes on them. Absolutely. But I've, you've just reminded me about a document you shared with the leadership team last year that actually explained the place of policy procedure guidelines. So yes. I'll go looking for that and pop that in the show notes Actually, as well yeah, because as a department be employee, mm. that it makes it really clear around um, the where those different mm. types of documents stand in our work and how accountable we are to them. So yes. thank you for making that No, point. no, that, that's fine. I think, you know, the Student Code of Conduct and thank you to everyone for your work that you've done on that over last year and having it ready um, to roll for 2021 is a great example where, um, you know, perhaps we might have taken our eye off the ball over the years because in actual fact the legislation and the policy haven't changed. Uh, it, it's our enactment that needs to change so that we get in line with the policy and procedures. There are some refinements, albeit around restrictive practice and the like, but the overall um, legislative requirements have never changed for a long time. So it's a timely reminder that perhaps we, um, we need to pay more close attention to some of these things, if that makes sense, Trudy. Yeah. So, Kim, anything else you wanted to say... Uh, on the topic of inclusion or students with disability? Uh, probably uh, just to highlight, I mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, the School Improvement Hierarchy Reflection Tool. Certainly go on to one portal, um, have a look. There are the resources that are available. Uh, one of the Assistant Director Generals, um, Deb Dunstan, uh, has done a, a little podcast where she talks about the focus uh, for uh, state schools disability and inclusion uh, area for this year so it's it's only a couple of minutes or so well well worth a, a listen once again it reinforces and I'll say it again because you know these are the important points that people can take away the whole business of uh, students being able to access the curriculum uh, with their same age peers uh, and the other, the other thing that's important, and not just for student with dis students with disability, but for all students, is the whole place of parent and student voice. How we engage uh, with parents and carers in students' learning, and you know, never is that any more uh, relevant than for students with disability, because their parents obviously deal with that you know, around the clock and how they have knowledge and skills and understandings about 
their young people that we can't possibly hope to to replicate. So how do we get their voice in what works for their young people? How can we engage every parent, regardless of who the student is, with um, with their learning, their students' learning? Mm. Yeah, that's pivotal. And even student voice, Kim, and I think Absolutely. it really came to the fore for me when I was reading some of the transcripts from the Royal Commission. Mm-hmm. And yes, okay, the, it's student voice now that they're adults. Yes. But clearly, when they were young people, they had a view around mm. how they were being treated and what mm. they wanted for themselves and didn't have that opportunity to have a voice in what would work for them. And I think mm. often mm. we overlook... Yeah. how powerful it is to actually allow the student yeah. uh, voice in, in what works for them and how they can best be catered for. Oh, absolutely. And I was just thinking as you were saying that, Trudy, like even some of those students who are nonverbal or who find it really hard to communicate, when they play up, uh, they are trying to communicate with us their frustration at not being heard. Uh, and so how do we take that into account? Because yeah. that's messages, you know, they're giving us messages. Are we um, sharp enough? And I, I wasn't always as a principal or a teacher, but are we sharp enough to, to hear what they're saying, even though they're not using words like you and I? Yeah. Um, and yeah. It, I know that um, there are educators out there who can point to the evidence to where they have given students. Mm. those um, mm. devices and assistive technologies so that yeah. they can communicate and how, how it's made such a difference to the work that, yes. and the learning for those young people. Yeah, I think COVID, if nothing else, last year, you know, learning from home and so on, gave us so, so many reflection points. You know, those students who, who willingly came back to school because they love the way we do business, those who were more reluctant and some sadly that we've never seen again you know what 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 is that voice that general and I'm generalizing but what are those general voices telling us let alone talking to the individuals because one of the things we don't want to lose sight of uh, Trudy here and and um, you know I'll say it again and you, you might tire of me saying it but you know in CQ we're never going to move away from the fact that we want every young person to have a champion uh, and so that champion, you know, even if they've only got one person they've got a good relationship with, that champion should be hearing their voice all the time. And, you know, it's critical yeah. that... Um, and, you know, as a, as a teacher, I'm sure you can remember this, uh, Trudy, you know, you get feedback from kids all the time, but how do we formalise that more? How do we ask our kids about our teaching um, and and what they want from us? Yeah. Mm. So important that we hear their voice. Mm. Sure is. Mm. Now I'm going to flip it in terms of hearing voices because uh, <laughs> our principals had um, a very strong voice in our regional self-assessment last year, which was yep. a significant piece of work, um, a real point of celebration, if I can call yeah. it that, because mm. there was amazing feedback for the region in terms of the work that has happened that you've just talked about. But there are also um, very clear messages and feedback for us to take forward and and to do our work better. So did you want to make some comments on that? Yes, sure, Trudy. Uh, So 
you're absolutely spot on. We we did get um, some great advice in our regional self-assessment last year. As you say, much of it was over. Well, it was overwhelmingly positive and reinforcing. Having said that, we did get um, some feedback, uh, which we've taken very seriously, around our ways of working, and that you know different teams, different ARDs, different folk might not always be seen by principals and other leaders out there to, to, to have consistent ways of working. So we, we have um, taken that on board and that's a big piece of strategic work for the regional teams this year. And we're, we're really blessed that uh, we have contributed to and have now um, some statewide ARDs, lead principals, ways of working. Um, and that's a document that's been sent out to, to all principals. So we'll be referring uh, to that in all of our work. So when we come together here in regional office and talk about our work, we'll be uh, referring to that piece, the ways of working, and when ARDs um, and lead principals are out in schools, you know, you'll be referring to that, that work as well because we, we want to use this year to develop our understanding of that piece of work, but we want to embed it. How do we embed an understanding of uh, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how do, how do we negotiate that with principals in terms of what the works work for them is, what, what are the next steps? So, you know, without labouring it, we can put the ways of working in as a link, just to remind everyone again, but you'll be able to um, look at it and see, well, you know, this is how we're working together now, and this is this is what we're working on and be assured that there'll be an ARD, you know, out in Longreach or in Mackay or wherever they might be working with another school following exact the exact same ways of working. Because we you know, we're not we're not doing abseiling or macrame or whatever. We're doing school improvement and, and what it is that we have to have in place and commission for you out in schools to drive that improvement. Mm. It is a pivotal Mm. document that um, mm. lays a great blueprint yes. and a, yep. sets down a, or centralises a conversation too as we work with principals around which particular ways of working yes. uh, would serve them at that you know at a point in time because clearly at different times there will be different needs but absolutely and and different school contexts require a different approach but mm. yeah it's uh, a very considered piece that mm. they've put together for us so. Yeah, and we've got our leading learning days coming up in the next uh, few weeks. And so I'm sure that will be a topic covered all bit briefly in that time. And then there's another large piece of work over uh, those particular days right around the region to look at uh, school improvement and, and, you know, have we got our, I'm going to say, have we got our ducks in a row in terms of what are the areas that we need to be working on in each school, what what's the data telling us? So, I think yeah, exciting, exciting times ahead. Mm. It is exciting. Mm. Well, just want to check, Kim, if there's anything else in your notes that um, you wanted to talk with us about. Uh, probably, I would I'd just finish um, Trudy by just reinforcing one of my uh, you know favourite topics, and that is you know the moral purpose. What why are we all here? Uh, why do we get out of bed every day and come come to work? We've got a brand new year. It's going to be an exciting year. Lots of potential. We we've got 
changes forced upon us, I suppose you could say, by the way the whole world has changed as a result of one nasty little virus. And, uh, you know, we, we need to take the learnings we have from that, put them in good stead, you know, to, to lead our way forward and know that every day when we get up, it's because we've got that strong moral purpose to say we're going to make a difference for every one of our uh, students in Central Queensland region, regardless of who they are, where they come from, what their home or personal circumstances are, we're going to go the extra mile for every one of them. Yeah. Mm. Lines up beautifully with every student succeeding, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Kim. So normally at the end of the podcast, we do our five questions. You did do those in the yes. early episode last year. We're not going to do them today mm. because this is uh, the episode to set the scene for our year ahead. But the next episode that we're going to do together is a reflection piece um, as you have made the tough decision to mm. take leave and, and then retire. Yes. And um, so, like I made the joke at the start of the show, we'd love to take the opportunity to listen to you and hear from you around your leadership journey uh, and career. And um, I'm going to have more than five questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've, I've, I've already drafted some. Fantastic. Um, some very serious ones and some more lighthearted, but I'm lo really looking forward to that conversation and I hope that everyone um, will join me for that episode, which will come up in the next fortnight. So mm. Thanks, Trudy. Yes. Before you finish. Yeah, that'll be a pleasure. Great. Well, thanks Thank for you. being with me today, Kim. Thanks, Trudy. If you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, positive or negative, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You will find it on Apple's Podcast, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversation, or if there's a new leader in our region that may uh, enjoy listening in, please help spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.